All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Bourbon Hound Podcast with Rob McDonald and Mike Teeples, two bourbon hounds on the hunt for their next bottle. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bourbon Hound Podcast. Joined by my uh, co-conspirator here, Rob McDonald. Rob, how you doing tonight? I'm good, Mike. It's uh, it's good to visit with you. We haven't done one of these for a little while, so time to catch up. Uh, along those lines, I guess, uh, what, what are you drinking tonight? What's the pour? Well, I went back to uh, an oldie but a goodie. I went just straight up Jim Beam from back in the old days. I use it as a mixer sometimes when I get on the road. Um, rarely do I do a, I've got so many higher end, you can call them higher end bourbons out there that if I'm having just a cube of ice, I'll do that. But tonight I decided to do just a Jim Beam with one big rock in there. How about you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for tonight, I'm drinking the Early Times Bottled in Bond, um, which is an interesting, it's made the news lately. So it's an award-winning whiskey and uh, being bottled in bond, you know, it's a hundred proof. Anybody wants to learn more about that, they can go back to one of our previous episodes and learn all about bottled in bond. Um, but the early times label was owned by Brown Foreman and uh, they just sold it to uh, Sazerac Buffalo Trace Company. So there's all kinds of speculation on what's going to happen. Are they discontinuing it? Are they going to continue to make it? Uh, who knows? But uh, I have a couple bottles. It's a pretty reasonable pour. Uh, I think I paid, I want to say sub $20, $16, $18. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm having tonight. Yeah, when we when we find stuff, Rob, you generally get a little better pricing than I get in Colorado Springs. I got that that same bottle because you told me to be on the lookout for that. And when I went in and asked for it, they had uh, 12 bottles that they'd gotten in, and they said that we don't know what's going to happen with this because of that Sazerac purchase. So if you want a couple bottles, now's the time to take it. That's the one with the blue label, right? Kind of looks a little bit like the George Dickel. Yep, yeah, it's blue label, white <clears throat> white lettering, says early times on it. Uh, it's the bottled and bond is the award-winning whiskey. And, uh, man, I really like it. I get a lot of uh, just a classic bourbon, caramel, vanilla, maybe a little graham cracker in there. Um, drink smooth for 100 proof. And I can I can see definitely why it's an award-winning whiskey. Nice, man. Nice. I haven't had a chance to crack that one open, so I'm looking forward to, to trying that one. But I'll tell you, you know, we've had a little bit of a time of, of a gap here between episodes. And so I've done a little bit of hunting. And in the, in the beginning stages, I was striking out. But since then, I hit pay dirt, man. I found a, found a liquor store called Bevy's Liquor Mart up in uh, Parker, Colorado. So I jumped on my motorcycle um, and headed up there. And, you know, it's one of those things where you got to start talking to people because I was looking around and I had a same old theory, right? Have a bottle in your hand so they know you're a customer. And the liquor manager came over and said, hey, are you looking for anything in particular? And I said, well, I always looking for some of the Weller products, but I'm at this point, I've got Weller Special Reserve. I'm looking for like a foolproof or a CYPB or something like that. And he said, well, I don't have any of that, but I've got other stuff. What else are you looking for? And it, for some reason, I blanked, Rob. I'm just like, oh, geez, I, you know, I guess I could roll off the standards, right? Like the Rock Hill Farms and Old go. Forester, Birthday Bird, really impossible things to find. He shakes his head and shakes his hand. And then he said, but I do have 
a regular bottle of special reserve, the 175 and it's for like 38 bucks. Do you want that? I said, sure, I'll take it. But then we got to chatting and I told him, you know, kind of a little bit about my collection and that we were doing this bourbon podcast and things. And he said, well, I'm not going to run down my list of what I've got. He said, but if you can stumble on something, <laughs> I might be willing to do game. a trade. Yeah. Uh -huh. But you know, what's funny. He, he said that, but then he gave, he said, you know, I've got a bottle of Hancock's back there and I have been on the hunt for that one for a while. It's actually a really cool bottle. I think it's got maybe the same mash as that Elmer T. Lee, which I just brag up and love so much. So first time I've seen it in two years and I bought it for 43 bucks at Bevy. So pretty, pretty happy with Dom over there for, for hooking me up. And then uh, same weekend, went to one that's closer to my house here. And I was asking them about Stag Jr. Cause they sometimes get that in. And, and the guy says, you still doing that podcast? I said, I am. And he said, well, I don't have any Stag Jr. But so this is playing out in my favor having this podcast, man. I'm loving this. He says, I got a blood oath in the back that a guy was going to grab and he was looking for the number five. And I, I didn't get that, but I got the number six. Do you want it? I've never seen it in a store anywhere. I mean, I know it exists, obviously, but man, I, uh, so I snagged that one too. That was a little more expensive. It was more in the 95 range, but as rare as that is, I was happy to, happy to grab that guy. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Good finds for sure. How about yes. you, man? Well, you've been on, you've been on the hunt. Did you find I have, anything cool? Yeah, I have been on the hunt. Um, uh, had some, uh, bottles that I've been looking for for quite a while. So just today, I mean, just a matter of hours ago, uh, I found the wild Turkey Kentucky spirit. So, um, that's been a unicorn for me. That uh, is a wild Turkey single barrel, um, that, supposedly was the direct response to Buffalo Trace's Blanton's, which is also a single barrel. And uh, I've, I've had good luck with, you know, obviously the 101 and um, the Russell six year and the Russell's single barrel um, or cast drink, whatever they call it. Uh, and the, um, the rare breed, but I've had a hard time. I've never been able to lay my hands on this uh, Kentucky spirit. So I found a bottle today, man. I was stoked about that. Now that's see, I've got I've got an older bottle of Kentucky Spirit. I didn't even know what I was getting, but it was the one that kind of looked like the like the turkey itself. Right. Yeah. So the old bottle it looks like a turkey fan, and the the new bottle and new I think it's 2018. Somebody can can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, it's the same bottle style as the rare breed is now, um, but with a different label. So yeah, high proof. Uh, it's a hundred. I think actually is a hundred and one. I'd have to go look at the bottle. I think it's the same hundred and one proof. I haven't opened it yet, uh, but I'm excited to try it. Um, I can tell you recently what I've really been liking is the um, the Old Forester 1910 that I I bought myself as a 40th birthday present. So I I turned uh, turned 40 this month and was in town and you know got this whole uh lockdown coronavirus thing kind of happening haphazardly around and and a liquor store um that that i visit near me uh they are still you know window only and they don't have a drive-up so it's a walk-up window situation and uh it, it's been interesting to walk up and say hey do you have any new bourbons? And especially if whoever's working's not into bourbon, um, they kind of have a hard time telling you what they've got. And uh, they happen to have a bottle of that 1910 and I've been looking for it for quite a while. 
And uh, so I crack that thing open and man, I get this really nice, like campfire roasted marshmallow out of that bottle. Ooh. I highly recommend. Yeah. So for me, it's kind of like um, a deeper, richer Eagle rare, if that makes any sense. Got a okay. lot better mouthfeel. Um, it's more money, you know, um, so it should be better. Uh, and I've got a bottle of the 1920 that I actually was able to get my hands on this week with a trading buddy of mine. And we can talk about that trading bourbon and things uh, maybe on another podcast. But uh, a buddy of mine was able to score me a bottle of that 1920. And I haven't opened it yet, but I'm excited. I, I got a few bottles that are open that I need to finish up before I uh, open that one. Well, I got to tell you, Rob, when I turned 40, I had a buddy of ours, Zach Odell, call me up and say happy birthday and called me Captain Old Balls. So, Rob, welcome to the club, the Plus 40 Club. Thanks. I appreciate that, Mike. <laughs> now, uh, hey, I, I know that you and I had a conversation maybe a week and a half ago, so I was hoping you were going to share the story. You calling me and telling me what you had your hands on and maybe the resulting aftermath of all that noise. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, I had a, a miss. So, we talk about our finds and the bottles we're looking for and when we finally find it, you know. And uh, interestingly enough, um, when I was up in uh, King Liquor in Emporia, Kansas, and I was actually picking up a couple bottles of this early times because I'd read about how that labeled sold and I knew they generally kept some on hand. So I stopped in there and bought a couple of bottles of it. And the, the guy that was in there working uh, knows that I'm on the lookout for different bourbons. And he said, hey, I've got this bottle um, of some Sazerac rye that I'm going to put in the case. I don't know if you're interested. And uh, I'm generally not a rye whiskey drinker. I, it's not really on my radar. And so um, not that I'll turn it down, but uh, I like bourbon. And so I was like, you know, I'm probably not interested. Looked it over and I had an age statement on it, which I thought was interesting. It was an 18 year old rye. And I thought, man, that's <laughs> kind of interesting. And I think the price was 140-ish, 150, something like that, and 140 and some change. And it's like, you know, for not being a rye drinker, I, I'm not interested in spending that much money on a bottle of rye. And so I think I called you on the way uh, back from the store and said, yeah, they had this bottle in there, but it had an age statement. Have you ever seen that? And you were like, whoa, <laughs> I think that's out of the uh, Buffalo Trace antique collection and yeah srp on that is probably 150 bucks but you could sell that on the secondary market for you know five or six hundred dollars and uh, since then i've actually seen it on some um, online liquor stores for like two thousand which you know it's kind of ridiculous but uh, anyway so <clears throat> i was all excited I, I couldn't turn right around and head up there so I messaged them real quick and said, hey, save me that bottle. I changed my mind. I didn't hear back. I finally got a hold of them and uh, said, hey, if you've still got that, I'm going to run up there. And the response was, well, after you were in, one of our other local guys, it's kind of a whiskey guy, stopped in. We told him we had it. He snagged it right up. So in a matter of, I don't know, a few hours, I went for, man, I'm going to score this sought-after bottle to 
you know, wah, wah, it was, it was gone. <laughs> so that's the, that's the prize of my collection is the George Stag, uh, George T. Stag uh, antique collection from Buffalo Trace bottle that I bought for 120 bucks. It was at the time the most expensive bottle, well, maybe still, but maybe top three uh, as far as what I spent out of pocket for it. And I was surprised to see that within a year of me buying it, I, I saw it in the aftermarket for like 650. So um, crazy to see that they've gone up that I said, when you called me and told me that, I said, man, the aging statement sure makes it seem like that might be from the same collection. And uh, you know what? Uh, you had that miss. And then here I was up at this liquor store up in Parker and he asked me what I'm looking for. And I did not have a ready-made list. And I think that's one of those things we need to think about if we're going to call ourselves bourbon hounds. You need to have, you know, four or five that just kind of right in a row that you know, you know, and, and man, you can yep. get a little stage fright, you know? Yep, Sure. You know, it's, it's interesting. I was in a store here. It's been a couple weeks ago that I'd never stopped in, in Council Grove, Kansas. And uh, the, the guy in there, the proprietor was a real nice guy. And we just got to visiting a little bit. And, you know, he had the, the usual suspects. He had some Jack Daniels, some Jim Beam. <clears throat> I think he had some Gentleman Jack. Um, you know, nothing that I was really looking for. And so we just got to visit in a small store. And I told him kind of that, you know, that what was on my radar, what I was looking for. And he said, you know, if you look around here, you might find a bottle of something that you're looking for. And I thought that was interesting, you know, and so I just started kind of looking around and kind of looked in the rum section and looked around in, in the uh, Irish whiskey and the scotch. So, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not seeing anything, you know, and and he said, well, I'm pretty sure there's a bottle or two around here somewhere. And he's just kind of almost, you know, pulling strings, playing games with me, you know, and, and finally kind of down, tucked under a, uh, a crate-style cabinet. It was kind of turned on edge behind some bottles that were uh, like a flavored vodka special kind of thing. Tucked in behind there were a couple uh, of 175s, the handles of Weller Special Reserve. Ah, okay. And so he was like, uh, and I was like, okay, I found it, but what's the money? You know, if we're going to play games, I was, I was expecting <laughs> to hear, you know, 75 or $100. And, and I think it was like 38 It was It was sub 40 bucks. So yeah, I went ahead and picked one up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you know, and, and I've gone through uh, Colby, Kansas a couple times and been up there and stopped into a liquor store and they just happened to get those 175s of Weller on a fairly regular basis. So I think if I went to that store and they said, what are you looking for? And I, you know, and I, I didn't say Weller, they wouldn't think that that was something unique and special. But while I was there last time floating through, I grabbed a 175 of the regular Weller Special Reserve. And I said, do you guys ever get the other ones? And I'm looking for the foolproof, which still evades me. I don't have the foolproof mm -hmm. or the CYPB. And now that single barrel we talked about last time. So those right. are on my list. And the gal said, well, I do have an antique 107 in the back. If you want that one, I saved that for in case somebody asks about Weller. So, you know, and again, I, I couldn't find that antique 107 out here. And you certainly can't touch it for $54, which is what she sold it to me for. Mm -hmm. Here in Colorado Springs, if you find it, it's going to be over 100 for sure for that in the 12-year. Yeah, I think the last bottle of 107 that I saw uh, in my area was around 80. It was like $82, $83, something like that. Well, I'll tell you, I, I've, had a, I've had a couple of buddies ask me, you know, hey, give me a list of some bourbons that I ought to constantly have on my list just so I know if I stumble across something great that I should grab it for you or grab it for me or whatever. So I've given a few lists out now, but I'm telling you, even... Even us, you know, we get out here and 
get a little stage fright and can't find it, you know, can't, can't find the nerve to just pop up with this list of eight or 10 bourbons right away. And some, some of those guys will make you ask for it. They keep behind the, behind the counter. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting too, that sometimes it's a moving target. So, um, you know, I would encourage anybody that's a listener, that's not a part of the Facebook group, um, to, uh, to join our Facebook group. There's, there's lots of sharing and posting and, things like that going on there. And, and one of the uh, members of the group posted a picture of a, a Jim Beam allocated product called Old Tub. I'd never heard of that bourbon before. And uh, so it, it suddenly was on my radar and I started reading about it. I mean, it's a, like a 140 some year old recipe and it's uh, barely filtered. I think it said something about they filter out the, the charred wood chunks from the barrel. That's that's okay. the limit of the filtering, right? So there's no like uh, cold filter or charcoal filter or anything like that. And uh, so all of a sudden it was on my radar and I managed to find a bottle for $18. So, you know, I wouldn't have even known. I would have seen it and thought, hey, you know, old tub, I don't know what that is. Uh, but through the group, all of a sudden, uh, you know, there was just, it was brought to my attention and uh, read about it. and. So I was looking for it. You say fishing out the charred chunks and I get a picture of cousin Eddie's daughter stirring that lemonade or whatever at <laughs> and Christmas, Christmas, or I'm sorry, and national lampoons vacation with her hand, you know, Yeah. yeah. but uh, yeah, same thing. I, I think uh, when you get on the Facebook page and uh, somebody throws a bottle of something they've been looking for and it's exciting to them, you know, it's, that's cool. I like to support them in their endeavor and congratulate them for finding something cool like that. And then it, it does prompt me to, the, to, to them be on the lookout for something like that myself. So yeah. Hey, you yeah. mentioned uh, something about trading buddies and I've got some thoughts that maybe we'll cover on a later episode, Rob, but I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you know, giving some samples to some buddies and having them choose kind of a head to head bourbon versus bourbon. And I think maybe I was thinking we might talk about that tonight, but maybe that's better for another episode. But I, here's what I've been doing lately just to kind of throw a teaser out there. I've been, uh, I picked up a whole bunch of two ounce bottles and just a couple of buddies locally here. I've given them label A and label B and said, here, take this home and try it. Tell me which one you like, which one you like least, which one you like most and what the, the flavor notes are. And that's been a fun little game to play. So I had a couple of buddies that now they're keeping the bottles and they said, all right, something's coming back your way. So I'm thinking it's going to be kind of fun to go back and forth. And we can talk a little bit more about, you know, what goes into that and comparing the different kinds of bourbons you would choose to maybe stack them up against each other more fairly and things like that in another episode. But, uh, it's been a fun process, man. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool concept just to, uh, you know, build that group and, and, uh, have some fellowship around it and get to try new bourbons. You know, if you, if you get a sample of something that maybe you've even been looking for and you're like, man, that's terrible. Then, you know, I don't want to go drop whether it's 20 or 40 or 50 bucks on a bottle. Or maybe you, you get a sample of something you never even thought about. And you're like, man, this is some really good stuff. I need to be on the lookout for it. Well, and you make the assumption sometimes that you get what you pay for in bourbon. And I think sometimes that can be true, but not always. You know, I mean, that Elmer T that I picked up is 40 bucks. This Hancock's I got is 40 bucks. And Elmer T's near the top of my list for me, you know. So you don't have to spend a ton right. of money. But I think it's about having that ready-made list and knowing what you're looking for and, um, you know, pairing them up pretty well. So, yeah. 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 So, uh, any, any certain cocktails or any, you know, we've gotten into hot season, hot, well, I know you're in the mountains, so it's a little different for you that hot here is 80% humidity and 90 some degrees, but, um, any, any new drinks or cocktails, anything you've tried different? 
you know, I'm, I still like the old fashions, but you're right. When it gets warmer, you got to mix up something a little different. I've been doing the, the apple sour. I think we talked about the recipe on that in a previous episode, but that's been because it's, it's chilly and cold and, and tasty on a nice warm day. We got 87 degrees today. So uh, that's what I'll be making when I finish this episode, Rob, is, a, is an apple whiskey sour. Okay. How about you? Sounds good. Yeah. So um, for me, there's been two, two cocktails that I've kind of turned to once the heat hit. Um, I picked up a bottle of Redemption bourbon the other day, and while it's not my favorite, it, it gives a little bit of a uh, a black licorice flavor, mm-hmm. uh, and so neat. And on the on the rocks, it doesn't hold up very well. But interestingly enough, you put an ounce and a half of that in some sweet tea on ice. And it really kind of opens up and it really, it really helps. They, they go well together. So this redemption bourbon and sweet tea. Um, and then. Well, hold we on. Were, was that, so was that one, Rob, that you just tasted that individually and decided it would pair well with tea or was that a recipe you came up with somewhere? You know, honestly, I, so, you know, bourbon and sweet tea is a, a long time famous, you know, drink from the South, um, summertime drink. And to be honest, I, I bought the bottle and was a little disappointed because I think it was like around 40 bucks, 35 anyway. And, you know, I was like, man, there's, there's some lot better bourbons out there for the same price point. It's not bad, but it's not as good as it could be for the money. And so I was a little disappointed and, and, um, and I do like black licorice and and that's kind of what it gave me was, you know, not, it's not strong. It's not like a licorice slap in the face, but, but it's definitely there. And so I thought, well, I don't really like it neat and it didn't hold up under ice. So I guess I'll mix it with something. And so I had some sweet tea on the back porch one evening. And I, well, I'll put an ounce of half in that. And it was really good. So just a little experiment. So I've been trying that, been drinking that. And um, we actually stopped at a little uh, Mennonite grocery store here a few weeks ago. And my wife picked up some, uh, candied ginger so it's like this or crystallized crystallized ginger and it's these little chunks of of ginger um but it's it's all crystallized and so i've bought um diet ginger ale and i take a a small square of that crystallized ginger and just put it on the fine grater just a cheese grater and grate some of that into my glass and put some ice in there and uh, maybe some A&A or Evans, Evan Williams bottled and bond, you know, something old granddad, maybe hundred proof, something like that, or 114 and uh, some nice, you know, crushed ice and top that, that off with that uh, ginger ale with that uh, grated up uh, crystallized ginger. And man, that is, it's, it makes a really nice cocktail. Hmm, that sounds really good. Yeah. A little, uh, almost a Kentucky mule flavor. Did you do it in a, uh, in a copper mug or do you just go in a glass? You know, I, I, should, I need to buy a copper mug. I don't have any. So I'm in the, in the jelly jar like normal. Okay. Yeah, that copper mug is supposed to do something to the ginger. And I'm telling you, for a Moscow mule, I can taste the difference if it's not in a copper mug. Right, right. Yeah, I'm going to have to try that out. Cool. Well, I'll tell you what, man. One thing I was going to say in closing tonight was, uh, you know, have yourself a, an educated list of things you could ask for and keep hunting. But along those lines, man, it's all about chatting these guys up. I mean, they, they do what they do because they love it. I, I promise you, if they're the liquor store manager, they like to be on the hunt for those things. They know what they've got in their area. They know what's scarce. And don't be afraid to tell them what you like and say, do you got anything special that maybe would kind of set me off a little bit? 
Um, but I like Elmer T. Lee. So what do you got that's delicious back there that maybe I, I can't get somewhere else because this is a special occasion or I just happen to come in your store and want to get something fantastic to take home. But chatting them up, man, that makes that makes all the difference. Yeah, totally agree. And I would say uh, cheers to the hunt, Mike. Hey, cheers to you, Rob. Thanks again, Bourbon Hounds, for joining us on another episode. Be sure to check us out on Instagram at the Bourbon Hound Podcast. If you're on Facebook, please join the Bourbon Hound Podcast Facebook group. We'd love to have you. And give us a follow on Twitter. Just search for the Bourbon Hound Podcast. Podcast.